This is TV8 My Dinner, a podcast about entertainment issues brought to you by DarkCrazy.com. Planet Earth. Home to over 6 billion people. Today, our very existence is threatened by epidemics, climate change, and dwindling resources. But those are the least of our problems. Good afternoon, boys and girls. So how many of you have ever had to kill a zombie? Not too many. My mother always told me, someday you'll be good at something. I mean, I don't think she could have guessed that that something would be zombie killing. Families having to kill their own. I'd take Dee Dee's head off in a second if I had to. <laughs> he always says that. Is that bad? Yes. Don't want you thinking. What we did is normal or okay in any way. I don't. What do you think? Zombie kill of the week? So without my job, we'd all be dead. Then where would we be? Dead. Dead. That's right. You're listening to TV Ate My Dinner. My name is Sean. I'm sitting here with Brooks and our old friend Madougal is back again. Hey, everybody. Greetings, children of the night. Happy Halloween. It's been a while. It has been a while, and we and just in time for another Halloween. I was just listening to our last Halloween special with Medugal. God, has so, it been a so year? It's time again. Since we've had Mother. Good, Good grief. It has been a year. Wow. <laughs> okay, so, so we've all seen Zombie. Yes, definitely. So that's a good place to start. We will be talking zombie in depth tonight. But I'll say it was fun, but I don't see what all the fuss is about. Because it's fun. Yeah, but... It, What's it supposed to be? I don't know. I, I just expected it to be more innovative or interesting than it was. Like, I thought Shaun of the Dead was a much cooler movie than this. Oh, I'm, I must disagree with that. I found this one much sharper and, more, and funnier than, than Shaun of the Dead. Really? Funnier? Really? I, yeah. I, I, I have to take Brooke's side on this one. Hmm. Well, I'm glad you guys are together on this, but, but, but really, I, I'm surprised. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, if you're going to be wrong, you might as well have company. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I am surprised. I thought this one was real fast-paced. It's it a lot of fun. I like the graphical elements. A lot of movies that, that do these heavy graphics, like that Wanted movie, horrible. You can't watch it, you know, do the heavy CG Yeah, well, stuff. that was this over, one, over was, the top. The, the effects on this I thought were real clever and real flashy and fun and you know the whole it, it's playing on that whole concept of, of how everyone's got their own zombie survival tips yeah, you know yeah. and this movie's got that concept it was fun but I, I also I, thought the people yeah. were really funny like Woody Harrelson I don't normally like him and stuff but oh, I, I like Woody he was too. really funny yeah I'm one. not it I'm really, not in any way saying it. it wasn't fun or funny it was great in that respect I'm just surprised that it's gotten such critical acclaim there were there was no interesting zombie at all. They they really were just kind of there. They didn't. They weren't scary. They weren't funny. They were just kind of there, just well, to get shot and blown up and stuff. The story was was there, you know, about to to focus on the people, which I think is a I classical I zombie wish idea. The zombies themselves had been a little more, either yeah, a little more, more scary or at least a little more interesting. Well, yes. I got to tell you on this clown thing, 
Like when we were, and that the, when they show the first clown, it is actually kind of scary because yeah. it comes out of nowhere. And the girl sitting behind us in the theater lost it. Like she screams <laughs> or freaking out. She's like, I'm so scared of clowns. Well, like, I don't blame her, whole, man. If a clown yeah. sticks his head under a bathroom oh stall, I'm going to flip those out. Those are too. the girls that you want to have. Those are the people you want in the theater when you go see a movie. Like normally, like when you're watching Schindler's List, a little annoying. But when you're watching like a movie like Zombieland, it just adds adds to the whole experience and she really did scream out loud and it really brought it home but i thought the movie was full of a lot of a lot of cleverness oh yeah it was a great movie and all it's just i I have to agree with brooks i don't know why it was so i don't know how to say it just you know and was compared to Shaun of the dead so much i think is what i was expecting something like that almost but I mean, I had a great time, really you know, and, and the best moment. zombie in the movie wasn't even a zombie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, the well, zombie at that the away end was in case people are watching. Yeah, that's why I didn't. Yeah, that's yeah. why I didn't say anything. Yeah, we're not doing a whole lot of. But there was a clown zombie, and we have to give them credit for that. No, yeah, that I give them credit for. But the rest of the zombies were just kind of meh. Well, you know? in the strictest sense, as a zombie purist, yeah, you also have to discount this movie because they're not a hundred percent actual zombies because they're not Walking Dead. Yeah, it's they're met cow disease. Yeah, it's or a twenty-eight days later scenario where which is more been more common with something I guess, that uh, makes them feral. Modern audiences aren't willing to accept undead, but they're totally down with crazy virus making you an insane well, monster. I think it's the, the allure of the fast zombie. If you're dead and you're in rigor mortis is setting in and you're decaying, the slow zombie, you know, works, but it's hard to imagine that you'll have a fast zombie out of a living dead sort of zombie because, you know, the really the body will physically start shutting down even if they haven't accepted that they're dead yet. I mean, yeah, I, I would say that in the annals of zombie movies, this, this is not this is not a classic zombie film in that respect, but as far as just being a lot of fun, I think it, it does sort of breathe new life into the genre because you're always looking for people who are going to validate the zombie genre, and I think this movie does that. When a new movie comes along, it's a lot of fun yeah. and makes you excited about zombie movies. And talk about a video game movie. Like, oh, yeah. That oh, yeah. scene on the roller coaster, that is begging to be a video game. I mean, who who doesn't want to do that? Mm-hmm. Well, that's but where I, Woody I, brings it at the end. He even does the thing yeah. where he's got the two standing clips. Yeah, and yeah. Like, oh, that was great. Down. You need to start. You need to start practicing that with your gun, Sean. That's what I'll <laughs> do. Because I can't see where that would go wrong to just practice quick loading my gun with a magazine. I had a weird Maybe experience this morning. I want to get your guys' take on it because it, it kind of creeped me out. I hope I'm not it's sure not it's... how your house is haunted because I'm having a hard time sleeping there. I'm going to be honest. No, <laughs> but we did see the trailer. Did you see that trailer for the Legion, I think it's called? Yeah, the the prophecy kind of knockoff. Yeah, it's, it doesn't look that great, but the woman jumps up on the roof and starts crawling oh, around. give you flashbacks? Yeah, give you we were all like, kind of uncomfortable when we were watching that. <laughs> like, let's not, let's not bring this up. Yeah, let's not go back to the old ladies on the ceiling. We, that, who that hasn't been neat. there? Now, have you heard about that paranormal that, activity? Have you seen the... Oh, we watched that. that. We actually, yeah, we, we did saw see that. that. I oh, actually okay. wanted to talk about that a little bit. We watched that uh, this this past weekend. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to see that yet. That looks the trailer looks it's, great it's, though, but it's good. I'd recommend it. It's the very, ending is a letdown, but the rest yeah, of it is, and, is is a plus. You know what I mean? Without giving away, you know, really anything because you've seen what the the story is about, so there isn't like a lot of plot to reveal. 
But without going into specifics, I would argue, at least in their favor, that there's not a good way to end a movie like that. <laughs> there's a better way than what they did. But, you know, with a movie with that premise, it's sort of like the Blair Witch thing. You've got to figure out a way to to stop the stop the camera rolling that isn't cheesy. Yeah. yeah. I think Blair Witch did it better. But at I some point, I that first-person POV... I really felt like like it was a sellout to the mainstream audiences. Like, we've got to like give that. them something. Yeah. And I feel like it was because of Blair Witch. You know, we on this show, we've debated, you know, like Greg is saying, you know, the fact that they didn't see the witch upset him. And other people feel that way also. I disagree because I think, and this movie I think proves, there's no way to show something without it being stupid. <laughs> but I totally recommend that everyone go see it. It's um, it's very. I, cool. I want to support this kind of movie too. I would not have thought that a movie uh, using the Blair Witch concept would work at all. But this movie, I think, does resonate because, especially you know, after we saw that movie, I still spent the night at your house. So I'm in a strange house in a strange room with no TV or music. I'm not used to sleeping in total darkness or total quiet either. I usually have the TV on, so it, it does sort of come back on you. Because one thing that's fairly brilliant in paranormal activity is when things start getting bad, they still have to go to bed at the end of the day. And that's when things start getting weird. And I think everybody, if you woke up in the middle of the night, that would sort of resonate with you. Yeah. yeah. I think – I would argue that even if someone told me leaving the house would make no difference, I would still be thinking out of the box (laughs) at some point. Let's find out. By the time they get to the third act of this film, I would be like, I don't care. I just want to see it in a motel. (laughs) I don't care if the only difference is a nice bucket. I'm still going to try it. Because, I mean, that's how they explain away the classic, well, why don't they leave? In the movie, they explicitly say it's not going to help. You know, it's going to follow you. But I know I would not believe that after some of the things that start – because it gets progressively worse. It would reach a point for me where I was like, I don't care. I'm going to be in the car. So it can can be in the car. I don't care because I'm going to see – because that's something no one does. Because I would not sleep in that bed. I will tell you that. I would not it definitely go back has to that some, bedroom. I don't see how they did fall asleep. Even how if they tried they to sleep in that bed, how did they falling asleep? Movie, I have a hard time falling asleep anyway. Me too. I'm a total insomniac. I can't sleep under normal conditions. I can't sleep <laughs> thinking about work. <laughs> but there's like a demon in the house, and they're just like suddenly the camera cuts to them asleep. It's like, wait, what the hell? What? Whatever. <laughs> and then it's it got just, some genuinely creepy this, stuff, though. Some really cool, creepy, really, subtle stuff. And they really do show you how that first person works, because the scary stuff in the scariest moments. Obviously, the whole movie can't be this because you need ninety minutes. So there's like filler moments and and some good creepiness for that. But the moments that that you watch the movie for is where they they keep setting the camera up at night. Because that's when the weirdness is happening. And so they go back at the, at the next day and look at the footage. And every night, you're like, oh, God. <laughs> like, and it's so subtle because there's no music. There's no camera moves. It's like anything could happen because it's this big, wide shot, and you don't know what could be coming. And it's very effective. I would definitely recommend the movie as being scary. We did not find it to be the scariest movie, you know, or at least maybe not – Maybe not the scariest one. Hold on a sec. Greg is coming in. All Bear right. with us, folks. Hey. Doo-doo, you're late. Doo-doo. 
All right, hang on. I'm going to try to conference you in. We are, we are in the middle of recording. Best start recording because we're in it. Okay, I'm rolling. I'm What's rolling. What's happening? Hit the red button. Summon a bitch. I'm rolling. I'm rolling. Hey, what's up, Greg? Hey. What's up, man? Not a whole lot. Whole <laughs> so lot. We, we are now being joined by Greg in in progress. Who else is here? <laughs> it's me and Brooks and Madougal. Oh, okay. I saw, saw that Brooks was online. I didn't know if he was talking to us or not. Cool. And we're talking zombie. <laughs> <laughs> but we've been discussing Paranormal Activity, the movie, because we did see that oh. a couple okay. weeks ago. On the same weekend where we, we visited the Georgia Guide School. I would have liked to have seen what Greg thought of it. He didn't see it, but because we were saying that it wasn't super scary to us because we're horror buffs and we're used to yeah. all this stuff. you know. But, but I'm curious what a normal... Off of Greg. Yeah, would he have been crying like a baby? I'm curious. Yeah, I'm just hoping to get a couple good jump scares. I wouldn't say there were a lot of jump scares. It was really much more of a slow burn. Like the stuff that was, was scary was slow. There were yeah. only a, there were a couple of moments where you're like, oh yeah, but you know, it's still it's still comp- mostly psychological because it really is like mostly just noises. This is why I recommend this very strongly, especially for you, Mandugal. You don't go out to the theater, but you, you you're gonna miss the experience of being sort of trapped in a dark room with this movie. You know, this, <laughs> is, a, this is a Blair Witch. This is a movie where you kind of have to be immersed in it to get so, what makes so it So what's the story with this movie now? I, it it seems to me like there, is there something unique about this movie? Like as opposed to other horror Actually, flicks out there? I don't think so. I think what in a way it's like Blair Witch in that it's not coming up with something original. It's just scaled it down to, to a more classical idea. But is it like a like a video type of thing? Like yeah, Witch it's, was? it's Ghost Hunters. If you like the Ghost Hunters, this is that movie because he totally like, and they don't even explain what these things are. Like he he, it's it's sort of like if it was one of us because the the premise of the movie when the movie begins, he's bought this camera, and the purpose of the the buying of the camera is to film them because there's already some ghosty stuff going on. And so everything he does, he's like, he's reviewing the footage at the end. He's like, I'm searching for EVPs and all that, like all this sort of terminology that, that people who are familiar with stuff like ghost hunters know. But if you didn't know that going in, you'd be wondering what that so, was. So they don't even explain what an EVP is. I'm not is. sure no, he even ex- explains the terminology. I mean, I think it's fairly obvious whether or not you know what it is that he's, but I don't think you'd know what it stood for. I don't think he explains that. They that that sort of that sort of uh, lexicon is is sort of assumed to be a priori going in. You understand the world of ghost hunters and ghost hunting and all this kind of stuff. So I think that if not for the ghost hunters, that show, I don't think well, this I movie would exist. If a tool like that character knows what they are, they assume the average <laughs> yeah. horror fan does. He, he, and while both of the the actors do a really good job of being likable, the guy is like such a, a total tool because you're like, oh my god, really? Like sometimes he's like, my favorite is where he's just like, I need you to let me do my thing. Like, <laughs> like, while, while he's, the demons like tearing the house to pieces. They're like, we gotta call a demonologist and all this stuff. He's like, look, man, I he's got like, this. I'm handling it. Like I'm the boyfriend. This is what I do. You gotta let me do my thing here. Like that's a thing. Like I didn't know that goes with the territory of being a boyfriend fighting invisible demons. But oh, let me tell you about my strange experience. Oh yeah. Right before I woke up this morning, I had a dream 
where um, this is just part of a longer story, but I had a dream where I was uh, an informant in the mob, and it was kind of like I was in a movie, but it was me, and they had found out somehow that I was an informant, and um, the head mob guy's wife, we were out in this like camp like set, set up or this bonfire situation or something, and she grabs me and tries to force my head into the fire, just like in Greg's story. Oh, I almost did that <laughs> in Wilson to, one Just like I do to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and I was like, no, no, I'll never do it again. She's And she's trying to kill me. And then the Godfather guy comes in and he's like, stop it, stop it or whatever. And she lets go. And, and I know they're going to kill me, but I don't want to, I just don't want to burn. So I'm like, just, just shoot me, just shoot me. And then he does right in the head and I die. Everything goes black in the dream. Uh, and then I wake yeah. up. So I'm kind of feeling weird anyway. And then driving to work, I get behind this car and it's got a big sticker on the back. And I'm looking at it, and it's kind of fuzzy because it's a little far ahead of me. I need new glasses. But I could swear that what it says is one big dot, 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 endless punishment. Ask me about my future. And I was like, what? <laughs> is that some kind of religious what? thing? I'm sure it's I, a religious it, thing. <laughs> one big endless punishment. Ask me about my future. And then so I get closer, and then well, I realize probably- it actually... It actually says one bag, endless possibilities. Ask me about my purse. How That's weird. what it actually said. <laughs> but in my mind, I could have swore it said the other thing. I was totally. Fr- you are like, Am it. I having some, oh my God, like some kind funny. of Freudian slip or something? No. And then right like, after that, it gets worse. Right oh after Lord. that, there's a truck. Because I'm sitting there going, "Is this a Freudian weirdness?" And then this truck no, goes by and has Jesus. like this this big graphic on it for some kind of power tool and it says Diablo and then under it it says Freud tools I was like how strange is that are you still dreaming Diablo what kind of tool was it Jesus is welcoming he wants to come into your heart Freud tools making the Diablo what does the Diablo do I don't know it looks like some kind of you know it's a power torch I mean bandsaw or something some kind of table saw I'm telling but, you, Steve. I don't like it. But that that's, freaked me out because I'm like, and I'm, I'm not thinking well, any kind of weird, weird paranormal thing. I'm like, what in my mind interpreted one big endless punishment out of one bag endless possibilities? <laughs> I mean, my mind was like, ask well, me about my know, future. I was like, what does that your mean? Your subconscious are doing weird things. I remember I saw a sign one time and I thought it said everyone is watching, but it just Jeez. said one one with everything. <laughs> man, this but is like for all the world, I looked at it and saw everyone is watching. This and is they live, man. You actually saw the real message. Yeah, exactly. And then the sub- when you focus your consciousness sort of, on it, it, it turned to the subliminal one or the Illuminati thing. Like I'm telling you, man, you gotta get right with the Lord. Maybe this was my psychic <laughs> message from the stones. Oh, maybe it's finally kicking in. You know, I almost put Wilson's face in a fire. That's a true story. Wilson. That's a friend of mine. Oh, <laughs> all I'm thinking so is the all I'm thinking is the volleyball on on uh, Castaway. <laughs> I just remember we were having a big fight and we were rolling around in the ground for for fun. And I started to push his face on the fire, and I realized, wait a minute, this isn't a movie. <laughs> this, is real. this is why I, I don't do these things. I shouldn't do this. Yeah, it's wise. It's wise. Besides, also the fact that that's that's how the uh, scene in. Um, in um, Brokeback Mountain got started. They started with a fight too, so you know. Yeah, but they didn't push someone's face in a fire. Don't, no, no, don't but it could have gone either way me. with you. That's all I'm saying. 
<laughs> that ain't wrestling, Sean. <laughs> Sounds like someone's face is going to get in the fire next time. See him reenactment style. I just like think it's on- weird <sighs> that when you see something in your mind... Rewrites it as something weird. Yeah. Yeah. You interpret it naturally as something, and then, of course, it's nothing like that. And then you start wondering, well, what is, what is it in my mind that, that is trying to make me think that? Like, why did my mind – is that something I'm trying to see? Well, that's like that sometimes you have too, dreams the, the, that make you wonder about yourself. That would have freaked me out, too. The, the, the getting shot and it turning black, that would have freaked me out big time. The what? The, the getting shot and it going black. That. It was so abrupt that I didn't really have time to, like, I woke up right after that. Oh. So <clears throat> It was kind of a relief in the dream because I was so scared that they were going to so burn me alive. They didn't burn you. <clears throat> That's <laughs> funny. I remember yeah, shot in a dream. Know. So that was that. That's oh, that reminds me. Before we get started, on, now we're on the subject of dreams and things. While we were watching Paranormal Activity, we saw a trailer for a movie called The Fourth Kind, which doesn't look all that interesting. It's about alien abductions, all that stuff. It might be fun, but it's another trying to play off of this comes from a true story, like POV style shooting. But what I thought was interesting about it was it's all about these alien abductees and they all, all their stories revolve around their their room being visited by a white owl. Oh my god. So I'm just saying there's something going on here. That yeah, you guys need we to start understanding the, uh, that I am the prophet of the new age and get on board. <laughs> Who called the white owl thing? Oh no! Yeah, I've never heard of that yeah, until sorry, you had the world. dream, and now I know it's you're in a holding movie. out for better. But this is it. You need to get on the Gilberto train before 2012 rolls around. Maybe this dark, crazy stuff has got something to it. Yeah, that's what oh, I'm no. saying. Who, who knew this was going to be the road? I'm just saying. Owls I think it's ladies. the Guidestones, man. We shouldn't have gone there. We're just we got this final trouble. destination thing going. They're all trying to take us out. Yeah, because because you are afraid of Diablo tools. Like Google that. <laughs> Diablo tools. This Diablo was the name of the tool. It was Freud tools. <laughs> that's weird. I'm sorry, but that's strange. I know, that's why, that is why I mentioned it. Because I was sitting there thinking, is this some kind of subconscious thing? And then I see a Freud tools. And then Diablo on top of that, like devil. So well, that's, I have not gotten my psychic message about the stones. And plus, it's supposed to be about the guide stones. Hope, this episode hopefully will air around the same time as that. I'm working on the video. The, our first ever video podcast will we'll center around our trip to the Georgia guide stones. But but that's what we're talking about, folks. Yeah, Freud tools and the Diablo is the saw blades and stuff. See? According See? to Google. How weird. <laughs> I'm not crazy. Well, no, you're not crazy. That's just a bizarre nomenclature for them to assign. And it is, and it's a weird coincidence. Yeah, that you're damned and you would see that. Mm. You need to they be also punished. had this huge. Yeah, they, they had a you, huge. Um, they were on the road to endless punishment. <laughs> yeah, for real, one big endless punishment. Oh, yeah, <laughs> asked me about my future. There was also a huge billboard that had this huge warning, but then it, it talked about some kind of um. I can go into some psychoanalyzing on you, but you ain't gonna like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's best not to know. Yeah, you never tell your friends what you really think of them. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Brooks. 
<laughs> What's sad is, you know, <laughs> Melissa's having a child now, so... You're feeling overwhelmed by having a child come to your life, dude. Well, and there's probably some truth to that in reality that that, that anxiety is, is transferring. You're on a low. Because yeah, you already have a sort of bizarre creative, you know, you have this whole creative mindset already. Your dreams were already weird before you had this anxiety. Just keep in mind, 18 years and you can up. kick them out. <laughs> it's only 20 years of your life. That's I'll good. kick him out when he's 16. I don't give a damn. Whatever. Yeah, it's going to be the future. Kids kids mature quicker. I'm sure Chris, he can, I didn't move he out until I was like 12. I was like 22 when I moved out of my parents' house. So yeah, it doesn't you better hope well. he's not like you. I hope he is like me, man. I never got in trouble. Well, you I know, guess that's I never, true. I never did anything bad. I, I never got I didn't in even big date, trouble. date until I was like 18. On that, since we're, this is a zombie episode, we were taught, we had a conversation, and this sort of segues into that, but we had a conversation about people who have these really violent night terrors, these these ridiculous, like, just feral outrage, like, like fits yeah, in their very sleep. 28 days later, like... Yeah, and we were kind of, you know, we were kind of wondering, is it possible that that in some way sort of encouraged... This this primal fear we have of zombieism, like these throughout history, people having just these these subconscious <laughs> outbursts where they just go scream bloody murder and start raping the holy hell out of everything for no reason. Yeah, well, enough I me. totally think so. Would that is that way? Because zombies are like you know vampires have morphed into something soft and ridiculous you know so there's no oh, primal man. fear of vampires and you know other our other monsters are, are fairly specific but zombies seem to resonate as a general idea with people more so like Frankenstein is a specific monster werewolves and vampires are brand well, names think but they if don't you really want to look into it more deeply than we probably should here zombies have evolved though like the zombies we talk about and see in movies now are not the same zombies that there were a generation ago and and it's not i don't think they're based on the same fears i mean clearly well, no, zombies the can old... represent so many things that's why so do you think fast zombies sort of represent like like crackheads and meth addicts yeah or whatever? i think fast zombies represent our fear of of madness coupled with violence Whereas I think the old zombies are more of our fear of, I don't know, something else. Well, <laughs> like, not, well like Dawn of the Dead was supposed to be a rep- con- representation of the consumer culture eating itself, you know. Yeah. Well, I do like that. But what I find interesting about that is that they they take refuge in in that exactly. Sort of That's what's so cool about yeah that That's movie. That's their sanctuary. Awesome. Yeah. But that that I find funny. And the, the remake sort of married the two because the remake is what ushered in fast zombies for the slow zombie world. You're being attacked by a whole bunch of crackheads now. <laughs> yeah, that is interesting that like it, like slow zombies almost you know I mean obviously there's a, there's a cannibalism there there's there's a morbidity that we're that we're afraid of, but but what was what did that particular image trigger in us that was primal as opposed to fast zombies which I think we're just afraid zombies, of people who are just rabid and crazy slow zombies is more of a fear of of not being able to reason with this thing that's that's coming after you yeah it's like the, it's, it's just the a slow, slow yes yeah, slow death, over, yeah. yep yep death 
you you can't escape it, and it's always coming slowly. Here it comes, <laughs> and you can't reason with it. I always wonder if slow you know? zombies are sort of a fear of of old age because yeah, exactly. it's almost like a geriatric sort of thing. <laughs> When they're coming in, like we're not, we're afraid of them as a mirror of ourselves, which is why. And we're even know, more afraid idea. when when it's a child or something. Just like we're afraid of, like the mortality of a child is really horrifying to our our primal self too. I think so. So that's interesting. The when you idea. have a little kid turned into a zombie, like in the first exactly. Night of Living Dead, that's, that's what the makes scariest thing ever. Yeah. So we actually look at zombies, and we're really just afraid of our own mortality. But then you Whereas look at now, fast zombies, you don't have and we're time. afraid of our own savagery. And time, you don't have time in modern movies to ponder these things because you're just—they're coming at you. You know, they're going <laughs> fast. They're not. Well, I think zombies, in the original sense, were not meant to be a fear of the end of the world, which is what they've become. What you know, and and what we're going to talk about tonight is you know, the tips on how to live in the zombie world or in the zombie war, as I call it. And I'm afraid we're losing something just because it seemed like the old zombie, the Romero zombie movies were, of course, much more about how the people reacted to each other than to the zombies, you know. But don't you but think that ma- story's been told? I mean, we can't – for a I while people so, tried but, to you know, retell that story over It's a over classic over. story. I mean, you could certainly find different ways to, to explore that. Romero Whereas didn't. nowadays, you're, the zombies are – it's all about them, and, and I think you lose that – like great science fiction always has something to say about society, and I don't know what you're what you're getting out of the modern stories. I don't know. I would say that while Zombieland's intention was to be cheeky, the overall theme was that people need each other, and it did focus on the people. You were saying you thought the zombies were were too underplayed in it, and it had, it, a, the focus it had a love was story. Focused characters. on the people, but it didn't focus on the um, on the the societal issue of no, any kind. but no. it wasn't about the conflict. It was about the coming together. It was about how the people need to learn how to support each other no matter how jaded they are. It was a Which movie is actually contrary to a lot of go. our survival tips. <laughs> yeah, but, and of course, this one wasn't trying to be like a high high art science fiction no. kind of thing at all. This was Which is much good. more just fun. I think that's when the genre works it in sort of subtly is how, where it works better. Because you're being entertained and there's season. an overall idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Zombieland is is a great movie for the Halloween season. Most most horror movies now they don't have any point or purpose at all. I was kind of hoping that you'd see because we had discussed like this is living in the post zombie apocalypse world and stuff. So I was like, well, that's a neat idea, but it it's so not realistic at all that you don't really get the feeling no. in the movie that this no. is some kind of you know. Well, there are lots of like and. I know we've done a zombie episode before, and we're not rehashing that. This I want this episode to be, you know, a lot of our tips and lessons for people who live in the the beyond the first hundred days in and yeah. beyond. You've already survived. And, and now to it's help time with to that, move on. Um, I have actually on the internet. I just now sent it to you as a link. Found the University of Florida Zombie Preparedness Plan. Oh, I have that open right now. It's very oh, difficult. You? If you could, if you found the download, I'd go ahead and do it, guys, because University of Florida pulled it, and of course, some people have got it up. But it is, it's a six-page – this is actually funny. When when the University of Florida was issuing their – all their different disaster plans, one of the, the one of the employees there thought it would be funny to just put this one up there too. And they do have like a disaster preparedness simulation exercise for a zombie scenario. And they've laid it out. It's, it's very funny. Like It, is, it looks like thinking. a real it's... disaster recovery thing. 
Well, see, when I first heard about this, I thought, did someone finally actually come up with a zombie response? I was like, no. But you know, they did it to be funny. But it, is, but it is a lot of fun if you can if you do find it. It's actually kind of funny because it, 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 it tells you like yeah, you know, how, how to it. prepare for a zombie attack. Yeah, it's got like uh, the infected coworker dispatch form. But let's see, incident information date of incident. This is to verify that at the time and place indicated, I was required to kill <laughs> blank. Let's um. list last name <laughs> here. Because he or she was displaying the following zombie symptoms. It's like a... They call a it the sheet, zombie like a... behavior spectrum disorder. The ZBSD. <laughs> Headache, chills, fever, other flu-like symptoms, moaning, recently dead but moving again. These are all the checkboxes. Unresponsive to most stimuli. References to wanting to eat brains. <laughs> Large areas of decaying flesh or open wounds. Lack of rational thought. This can cause problems confusing zombies with managers. Oh. Killed an eight, another employee. List the other employee's name here. Based on these symptoms, I killed, name of employee, using a <laughs> handgun, shotgun, chainsaw, explosive device, described device, other, rifle, baseball bat, piece of furniture. But if you get hold of this, this is really funny. We should post a link to this. I like on the the, uh, on the, the the part one of this episode. Exercise will be to identify characteristics of a zombie outbreak that might precede official notification. Well, that gets uh, exactly to what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. The first can, 48. Can I well, read them? Yes. Okay. Uh, these might include a disappearance of isolated citizens, initially in relatively remote areas. B. Increasing numbers of gruesome, unexplained deaths and disappearances, especially at night. C. Identification of difficult-to-kill, flesh-eating perpetrators. (laughs) D. Recognition that the numbers of perpetrators is rapidly increasing and that those previously identified as victims have reappeared as perpetrators. Oh, yeah, come on. That's obvious by by this point. Uh, E. Increasing isolation of survivors. F. Breakdown of peacekeeping in medical services. And G, documentation of lots of strange moaning. <laughs> it seems like a hospital would be the first place to go because that's where all the dead people are going to end up. Well, you know, that's, that's where the people on my list. But go ahead. Let's, let's, let's get into that. We're talking about after all this happens, right? Yeah, I mean, what we're talking about, like I keep using the term zombie war, but this term is a misnomer. The zombie outbreak will destroy any government or military infrastructure within a matter of days or weeks. After that, the human race will be its own army, and anyone left alive will be a soldier. And the only way to win the war is to stay alive. That's the zombie war. So when we're talking about, there's not an official military incursion we're talking about. Most of what you see in movies, and, you know, barring some of the more modern movies, but a lot of the original zombie movies were all about the first 48 hours. Most zombie stories are about the the initial outbreak. Yeah. And they're good cautionary tales about those first 48 because most people won't survive the first 48. And you see that in the movies. Most of the time they don't. Because first, you you won't know what's happening for the first couple of hours. That's one of the things Greg was just talking about. And that's going to eat up critical response time. Because you know what to look for. That's right. That's why you need to know. That's why you should be looking at the University of Florida's plan. The things they don't want you to know now. They should have left that up. 
But <laughs> then you're going to have the initial denial that comes with normalcy bias where you're trying to figure out if it's a life-threatening situation or if it's just normal stuff. That's going to lead to early rookie mistakes. That's like crashing your car into a telephone pole, boarding yourself up in a farmhouse. And you've lost like four <laughs> hours of good travel time. Meanwhile, the zombie threat is spreading exponentially. In the first four hours, there will be dozens of zombies in your area. That's when you'll probably start understanding the scope of the problem. By the end of the first 24 hours, there will be hundreds, which is why people who board themselves up on the first day aren't able to run by the second. By the end of the first 48 hours, there will be thousands of zombies in a well-populated area, because by then, 50% of more of the population will have been turned. Another 30% of the population will probably be dead, because the purpose of zombie attacks is not infection, but predation. That will leave the zombie population ravenous and enraged, with a swiftly diminishing food supply. By the time they run out of food, they will be in large enough numbers to successfully lay siege to any fortification, wiping out anyone still living in it. Critical mistakes in the first four hours of the outbreak lead to the most people dying in the first 48 hours. Your best bet is to get out of the area while there are still people around that the zombies can eat. But go to where? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because these tips are about the first 100 days. Of course, you're, you know, we know all about the first 48. We've covered it. Most movies have covered it, but stuff like Zombieland is starting to show us what happens in those first 100 days when people start taking on that nomadic lifestyle. Anyone who yeah. can survive the first 48 hours has a better than average chance of surviving the first 100 days. They do that in um, Resident Evil 3 as well. They, they sh- they're all in a little convoy of trucks traveling around. And Land well, of smart. the Dead. Yeah, that's... Yeah, Land of the Dead, though, they, they, they like... They find an island, and that's one of the things that, sure, if you can do that, fine. But most people are not going to be able to take over an island. Because I would say go to an oil rig, but who the hell knows where oil rigs are? Can you get to one? Do you know how? <laughs> and like, how do you home. get up it? <laughs> but there, well, there are quick ways. Yeah, how do you get I mean, to it? How do you get up supplies, it? supplies, but not yeah, you I mean, grow you food could, there. If you were rebuilding society and you knew something about oil rigs, it would be a great place because they have generators. You know, you can get food there. But you can fish. We're not going to be able to do that. I couldn't even tell you where one is, and without Google at disposal. So that's out. But well, I Google can tell might you still this. be there. I mean, I imagine you know once they've been affected, <laughs> they'll just leave the servers yeah. running. Just ask Andrew. You can't destroy Google. Google Look, will never go down. That's fine, but almost everyone's going to be without power. With you know, I mean, the first forty-eight, almost all of the society's infrastructure is going to fall. Yeah, I, I have a hard enough time month. getting on the internet now. I don't see it happening. Yeah, with no one there <laughs> to actually put it up there. But anyone can do this if you're in this hemisphere, at least. Go north. You have to keep moving. I mean, that's Why a north? given. This cold a problem yes. for zombies. Because, and this is something that uh, in in Walking Dead, the the comic, they had a really good point where in the winter time they almost had no problem with zombies because the zombies are all out. They're all exposed. They just froze. Mm-hmm. They thawed out in the in the warmer weather, but they were completely incapacitated by the cold. Well, can't you destroy them while they're frozen? Sure. Yeah. But why wouldn't it be better just to go somewhere where it's almost always snowing? Human beings adapt to the cold. You know, we could put on a jacket. Zombies don't think. Yeah, it's just going to be hard to support a large population 
food wise well, than a man what are you talking about there is no large population no, I'm you're, saying, avoid if the you're large trying population. to rebuild society not, like you were man, saying you're not hearing me at all <laughs> the world is over dude you are not trying to figure out how to rebuild the population you're trying to figure out how to avoid the population because anywhere where there's large groups of people those people are either food or will become zombies you don't want to go there cities and suburbs out because that's It'd exactly be like where the zombies will pop up tropical I wonder if, climate if you, you went there if you were to set up in like a cabin out in the woods, like just, you know, acres and acres, miles out of the way, would zombies just be wandering randomly through the woods? I wouldn't really I wonder. Not Eventually. That'd, that'd be a how, better how, place. how creepy that would be. Well, the thing you have to think about is, yeah, sure, they're going to start out in cities. A lot of people want to go to farms. Don't do that. Because, first of all, zombies aren't particularly looking for people. They're looking for food. They're looking for anything alive. People just happen to be, you know, the ones running around screaming. They're the easiest <laughs> target. But if if you're in like an agrarian area, then they're going to start hitting farmland and looking for livestock. And there's always people where the livestock are. And then once the, some of the zombies start going there, more of the zombies will. They're they're going to eat all the livestock, and then they're going to start looking out? for anything living there. Yeah, your cabin in the woods is better because you know it, there there aren't that many people out there. Sure, you can have like wandering zombies, but that's not as likely. But you definitely like you don't want to be out in a tropical or temperate area either, because yeah, the zombies are going to rot faster, but they're going to yeah. be a lot more active until that happens. <laughs> like think so about, it. Talking about in terms of rottage here. <laughs> One of the worst places to be is a beach. That's like a buffet to zombies. You get tons of nearly naked people lying around helpless and half-conscious. Sushi. Yeah, exactly. And then you're running in the water to avoid zombies, and what happens? Well, they start he, killing people. Blood attracts says, the sharks. Um, then you've got zombie sharks. I mean, it's just like uh, zombie like sharks. A domino effect. <laughs> yeah, you don't want that. And planet terror. He's saying, you know, get your back to the ocean or whatever. So you're 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 saying that's a bad idea. I don't like that at all. If you can find an island and clear it all off, sure. But really, when you think about it, an island that's populated is just like a nice little – that's just going to be a nice little zombie population once the zombies take over. Yeah, so, so I'm still saying un- head up in the cold country. That's what I think. Especially if as the winter comes in, the zombies are going to be less active. But if you start getting into – you start getting up into like – snowy territory even if zombies wander out that way they're just going to start to freeze so move to Alaska zombies will avoid it yeah just start heading north or if you're closer to the south pole go that way or if you're nowhere near that you know maybe head towards I would say maybe jungles maybe deserts yeah if you're in South America you're kind of screwed because you can't really get to the south pole but and I think Rio is as far south as you can get why do you think jungles would be a good idea I would think that would be not so the, good. They represent opposite ends of the spectrum. A jungle is full of life. Zombies who come after you, they're going to be distracted by almost everything else. They're going to look for food that's in Jungles abundance. Jungles are hard plus, to navigate. Have, well, sure. That's I guess why that would depend on the level even, of, the, so of the zombie. They're going to have to tangle infection. with the same threats you are. Like if, you know, crocodiles and snakes and all this awful stuff, that's going to go after the zombies too. <laughs> on the other hand, if you're around deserts, that's a good place for the opposite reason because they're not going to want to go to a place that it looks like nothing's going to be alive. But again, where are you going to get food? There's a reason no one hangs out in deserts. 
in, in Arctic areas. Well, that goes with my travel light rule, which is the second. The first one is just travel north. That's my first rule. We can always travel fish. light being the second rule, which is you're not going to carry food with you, even though you're trying to avoid populated areas. You're going to want to plan your your travels to sort of go where you think you can find food, and not convenience stores. Don't go to places people will loot. I would avoid all anything civilized. Because, you know, A, that's You're probably where zombies are. You're going to be out chewing on twigs and stuff. Well, you need to learn to take care of yourself. Like this whole idea of like grabbing a car and going. Like, sure, if you find a car that's still running and it's full of gas, drive it until there's not a road left. But don't try to keep it. If, if you run out of road or you run out of gas, ditch the car. Because then it just becomes cumbersome. Then it becomes a thing that you have to keep up. Just like dirt bikes. You know, sure, if they get you somewhere... But that's also going to attract attention of uh, the post-apocalyptic people who are going to be the craziest people in the world. Yeah, that, that's that's the real scare. Like that Actually, road be the trailer. only people in the world. But go ahead. Well, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Anyone who can make it past the first 48 has probably got a few marbles rolling around. <laughs> or they will after seeing all that. Yeah. So these are basically plans of how to be a, a nutcase after 100 days. Well, how to avoid – if you happen to be the one sane person that didn't lose it, then, then this is don't, – don't look for any other people because almost everybody else is going to be crazy. Like, yeah, sure, you get a vehicle. But then what are you going to want to do? Take it to a gas station? Gas stations will be overrun by marauders if they're not completely tapped out in the first place. If your vehicle's out of gas, leave didn't. it. A lot of stuff you didn't see in Zombie Land that I, I that I was hoping for, and that that's the kind of thing. There were there was nobody. <clears throat> like yeah, people they crazies were, weren't there. Cause it was so easy for them to, to find to the gas and car. Every car they found had gas in it. You know, everything, every place had food. Like what, yeah, it was what, that. That was a video game movie. <laughs> where's the chaos? Where's the the madness? No, you need to read The Walking Dead if you want to know why you should avoid people. Because that's they run into weirdo people more than they do zombies in that comic. He actually finds a Humvee full of guns. <laughs> what are the odds? <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah, really. <laughs> that's like perfect. But he cannot find a Twinkie. Yeah. <laughs> he can't find a Twinkie. Yeah. In it real life, I, I think it'd be a lot easier to find a Twinkie than a Humvee full of guns. They loot yeah. convenience stores in The Walking Dead, and one of the things they comment on is that they never can find cigarettes. It's like, that must have been the first thing to go. <laughs> You know? yeah. I, I there's something true that. about that. Some people won't have the presence of mind to think about survival materials. They'll take like look at you know Katrina, where you see people wading like up to their neck in sewage, and they're carrying a TV. Yeah, people are stupid. <laughs> like those guys won't make it past the first 48 hours. But those are the kind of people you're dealing with. All right, Man, those are the I guys here. Well, yeah, go 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 probably like yeah during the during the looting phase. You know when things just go crazy and people are just. You know, they haven't really taken in the full scope of what's going on at this point. They're, well, they let me, let me get on to Sean real quick. When, when a hurricane was threatening Savannah way back in like 1998 or something Nine. like that, and Sean had to evacuate the town. So he came up to Carrollton where I was still living, and um, he brought a carload of stuff. And instead of bringing all the raw footage from our TV show, which he had, he brought his TV <laughs> Which was not even a nice TV. It was a beat up old TV. I'm like, you you brought this? This is what you decided to save from certain doom? There's a lot going on in that story too. Because I didn't even take my own car. 
that's how normalcy bias really starts to hit you. It's like if you really thought a hurricane was coming, would you not at least drive your own car and make sure it was safe? Like I rode out with someone else. We just honestly, that's normalcy bias because we actually didn't even think about leaving until they announced the evacuation. Literally, it was like that night, people were calling going, what's going you on? you have to it's realize like, that this was several like, years ago. This was, this was before Sean really got into training for these types well, this, of things. Yeah, this is good. <laughs> like, that's an experience that helped mold me. Because we're at the grocery store buying beer and everyone's like grabbing bread and leaving. Like, what's up with these people? It was totally like Will Smith in Independence Day. (laughs) Why everybody just running? (laughs) Like he doesn't even look up to see the giant spaceship. That was us. People calling going, what's what's going on in Savannah right now? It's like, well, the Falcons are getting their asses kicked. No, the hurricane. (laughs) It wasn't until like they announced on TV that the next day that they were going to make everyone evacuate. They were like... We should probably just go. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's all very, it was all very casual. That's normalcy bias. Like we didn't even begin to imagine we might be. Now, in my defense, I'd been living in Savannah for one week. The idea that, you know, I mean, the idea of a hurricane coming was foreign to me. <laughs> but yeah, that was that's a good example of like that's the kind of stuff that the happens in the first forty-eight. You, you know, yeah. people that's were the just first like, forty-eight decision where the first four hours have gone by. It's like Shaun of the Dead, where he's wandering around and he's not yeah. even seeing the zombies. So meanwhile, yeah. like the zombie outbreak is increasing exponentially before you've even noticed it's going on. So by the time you're like, this is something to worry about, it's like there's a thousand zombies. Like if you can notice it happened in the first five minutes, you've already that's your edge right there. And that involves watching the news, <laughs> which is something else you don't do. Well, the, I don't ever notice anything normal from the news. I've never learned anything useful from the news. I'll tell you that. Well, I'm just saying, if ever there is something, that's you, it's probably well, unless it's literally happening right in front of you. That important that's how you'll that find out. Into actual TV. Like so. Yeah, I guess that's Although true. Although I mostly just watch stuff on demand. Yeah, I listen to my teachings, but I wouldn't be the one to follow. Like, don't watch me. I'm going to be the last to know, probably. But so take my advice now while, you know, in a vacuum, because in the real situation, I'm not going to be much help at all. I just unload <laughs> and shoot everyone as Left for Dead has taught us. Yeah. <laughs> I am not, I'm not the guy. But I would say that there were some tips that um, we learned, like while you were playing Left 4 Dead, there are a couple things where like this would be a handy thing yeah, to learn. I can skip ahead to that. That is on my list, but we can we can cover that a little bit. Oh, we don't have to skip ahead. Go ahead. With we'll what try you to had. We'll try to get to that. I have a lot of notes. I would say, as far as traveling light, there is a sort of question as to whether or not to take a bag with you. Obviously, if you're a nomad, you're going to want to take some stuff. But you really need to think about what all you're taking. If you get a car, obviously you want to stock it. But don't stock it with anything that, that you absolutely need. Anything you absolutely need, you need to be carrying on your person at all times. So, I, Well, wouldn't a bag, backpack be good well, enough? Well, I, mean, I have found in my actual adventures that the bag of good stuff is usually not useful. It's very cumbersome. It's contrary to easy travel. It seems like a good idea to carry a bag full of useful things, but most of them turn out to not be useful. I would really say, if as best you can, try to embrace your inner MacGyver. Learn how to make do with what's available there. Don't carry a lot of stuff with you. 
That said, I do have a list of useful items I think you should have with you, all of which can be carried on your person. Obviously, number one would be guns and ammo. Number two would be a knife. Number what three, kind of knife? Swiss Army knife, Rambo knife, what? Eh, well, a pocket knife will do. A knife is a weapon and a tool. That's the use of it, so I wouldn't do Rambo knife. Although Rambo knives, you can. That'd be a better weapon, certainly. Well, than a, a knife, knife is just the most useful tool you can have with you of any kind. I can, maybe you I should carry just carry a pocket both. knife with me, and a knife works as a screwdriver. A knife works as anything, and that's a it doesn't jam. You don't need special training. To yeah, use it. knives don't <laughs> run out of bullets, as the Mossad say. Uh, lighter is good, or matches, or both. Flashlights and chem lights. Any kind of basic first aid, most places you can get a first aid kit that'll fit in your pocket. If you do travel in groups, it would be good if you want to communicate to carry walkie-talkies. If you don't, even if you don't travel in a group, some kind of radio, especially if it has a police scanner, would be good. And then whatever batteries oh. go with them. I would not carry extra well, batteries. You're going to need batteries. finally does collapse and the police are, have been taken. Well, see, my thought <laughs> on the police scanner is that those band, that those those stations and channels are going to be used by whoever ends up taking over. Sure, Whether it's radio bandits or marauders or some new shadow yeah. government. Shortwave is yeah, where it's you're going to want to scan That's why the, conspiracy the air and make sure about if that. there's nothing going on. Which is why I would say walkie-talkie rather than a CB or a hand radio because walkie-talkies have a very limited range. Uh, food and water, but I wouldn't carry any of this to excess, including food, water, and batteries, because you're really going to want to take what you can to get to the next place, and you're going to want the next place to have these things. Plan your travels around this stuff, because it's going to weigh you down to try to carry it. Your number one rule to survival is avoiding zombies. You don't need to be carrying bags and bags of crap with you. As far as guns are concerned... I, could, I would say you could carry several pistols with you on your person or in a duffel if you have a duffel. If you have a car, stop more guns in it. But on your person, always a primary gun and a backup. What's That's your opinion pistols. on caches? Like, you know, if you had like a, you know, like storing stuff around. Or That's you a very circle question. back around and. I actually do cover that. Oh, I'm sorry. Go what ahead. I would say is <laughs> never carry an overstock of anything with you. If you find a cache of ammunition or guns. Obviously, take what you need, stock what you need, and then use that as an opportunity for target practice because you've got to be practicing with your guns. So don't get stingy with I your ammo. I think you'll probably get plenty of practice just with the actual zombies. Well, you don't want that to be your practice, man. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying you probably You want to have practice. Yeah, that ain't practice. <laughs> like in Tremors where he's like, he's like, we need a plan. He's like, we run. It's like, running ain't a plan. <laughs> Run is what you do when the plan fails. <laughs> that's, that's what the practice is not when zombies are really there. Like if you're going to have more than one gun, you need you need to be a master at both of those guns because every gun is different. Which means you have to have plenty of bullets for both those yeah, guns. Yeah, but you know waste. that's also kind of uncool to the people that other people that are will come across that cash later. Like oh, you know we have no bullets to protect ourselves because some some jerk off you know practice and with that's all assuming these. that you give a damn about the people who are going to come I was going to say cash. we no longer care traffic. about everybody Brooks <laughs> yeah really you uh, you're, you are he a liability to, to this society. entire operation I know I think I think uh, Brooks I think I would have shot Brooks 10 miles bait. back <laughs> <laughs> we're not yeah Brooks has already said if he got bit he's he would bait, tell anybody man, he's bait 
really. <laughs> no good to us. We're not trying to rebuild civilization. We're not trying to save everybody. Okay, we would use well, up every bit point? of that Let's ammunition philosophical that we here. for practice, and then I would hide. Philosophically, you survive. What's the point? If you're not going to rebuild civilization, well, you're going to die all, eventually, and then what? That's it? to build civilization. Okay, I, I admit that there would be no point if you're only in it for yourself. But let's assume we're in a group. The group is our civilization. If we run into more people we wanted to take on, fine, but you can't. I mean, if I found like a cache of guns and ammo, I'm going to take every gun that I need, everything that I can carry. I'm going to stock it all with ammo. We're going to use as much as we can for target practice before we have to move on, and we're going to hide the rest in case we have to come back Well, this here's way. another question, and this is something that bothered me a great deal in Zombieland. Are the zombies going to be attracted to the noise? Yes, they of will. The practice. That's another reason. Well, that that's kind of a well, dangerous but thing the to be doing. Is necessary. That's another reason you have to keep moving, and it's also a good idea to make sure you're not in a zombie-populated area before you start popping shots off, because you're going to want to avoid attention, and that is one of the later rules. But I mean, you have to, and I'm telling you this from a practical experience with guns, even limited as it is in recent months. Like, you've got to practice with these things. They're all different. Like, if you shoot three different guns in a row, you might be awesome with one, and you might suck with the other, with two or three others. Like, that's not going to do if you have three guns. And that's not going to do if your one awesome gun runs out of bullets or jams or you lose it. You need to be proficient in everything you have, and that's going to... And our traffic. guns, you know, here's <clears throat> another thing. We've always seen guns. Guns are built to shoot other people. And I guess some people would say, well, it's for hunting. Yeah, whatever. Handguns and stuff. They're built to kill people. But zombies aren't people. So we really have to figure out, are guns really the most effective way to kill zombies? They're still the best form. Yeah, sure. It might be better to shoot them with a rocket launcher. But your gun is your easiest (laughs) way to have something. Because you're going to... A flamethrower or something like that? If you can get that, I don't know where I'd go to find a flamethrower. I know lots of places I'd go to find a gun. I mean, I would I would take advantage of any type of thing I thought would kill a zombie. Yeah, I mean, we've we've said before that uh, that fire is a good weapon if you can utilize it. If you can, I mean, anything you can carry with you. Did I tell you about that dream where I was trying to kill the fat zombie? Jeez, <laughs> oh, no. no, I don't think so. <laughs> I think I did tell you this, but whatever. There was a dream. It was like a big fat, fat, like super. Uh, I think it was a lady. It's hard to say because it was like, you know, so zombie, it doesn't matter anymore. And I, all I had was like a disposable lighter. And rather than do something with that, which seemed pointless, I broke the lighter and spilled all the fluid on it. And then I was just trying to spark the flint to light the zombie on fire. And even then I was thinking that's not enough to do it. Oh, yeah, I remember this. Yeah. But the point of the, the story and the dream, I think, is that fire is a useful weapon. I don't think it would have helped in that situation. but It's the most primal of weapons besides a rock. <laughs> because, well, because you want to avoid melee. I mean, yeah, exactly. if you can set up traps that burn them or if you can set up a pit of fire around your camp, you know, great. But that fire is just going to be a big bright light to attract the zombies. Well, yeah, see, that's why I still like the guns because I definitely don't want to get in on them. Yeah. I don't want to get on, I don't want to get close to a zombie. Yeah, you got the gun is just. I mean, that's why we have it. It's it's still the easiest way to kill something. Everything else is a lot more difficult to obtain, and it's a lot more difficult to maintain. A gun, anybody can learn how to keep a gun oiled, and 
you can get a bunch of ammunition. It doesn't take long to run out of ammunition, and I really do believe that that within that first hundred days, ammunition for guns is going to be very difficult to get hold of. Because oh, even yeah. oh, no doubt, especially with all your target practice. <laughs> well, I would, well, up, I would up actually north, say, you know, well, up, it's going to go in, bad at like some New point England, too. It probably will, but down south, oh man, we got we got ammo last year. Yeah, but I mean the uh, others. <laughs> yeah, but they're going to shoot it all off in the first hundred <laughs> days. Well, industry. What's sad is industry will reestablish itself in small ways. It's not difficult to reload bullets. So some people, I actually think that ammunition and empty shells will be a form of currency in the zombie war. Like live ammunition no is going to be ammunition. like pure gold, but empty shells is going to yeah, be useful. Food and ammunition are that's that's where it's yeah, at. There, there will be people that figure out how to reload, but that also involves finding and being able to figure out how to make gunpowder when necessary. So not everyone's going to be able to do that. So you're going to find it. It's just going to be difficult, and there's going to be a lot of looting and marauding, and, and it, you know it's going to be difficult to find fair trade. Especially when you're trying to trade is, with people who have bullets when you don't. Not something <laughs> you see at all in Zombieland. Obviously the disadvantage. No. <laughs> Zombieland is intended to be cheeky, but I really think in the zombie war, like, I it's like guns. Guns are like, like cars. I think, really, at some point, you're going to have to ask yourself, are the guns becoming a liability in trying to maintain them? Because if you run out of bullets and you can't find more, finding people who have bullets is probably a really bad idea. Because if they have bullets, then they probably have guns. Well, maybe uh, like a good compound bow or something, if you got yeah. good with it. I like your thinking on that, because you could figure out how idea. to fashion more arrows, even if they're clumsy. You could figure, and you can yeah, reuse the ones you have. Oh, that's not going to be good in, in close quarters. You're definitely going to have to have melee weapons, too, if yeah, you do that. I wouldn't say, At some point, I wouldn't say I would you keep... don't have to have melee weapons. Cause every, I mean, because, yes, eventually, I mean... You're going to run out of any kind of projectile weapons other than rocks, I would think. And if I mean, if you get surrounded, you're not going to want to try to string up a bow. <laughs> under under tools, I, I recommend that you carry the pocket knife, which I've mentioned, but also a hatchet. Because a hatchet is also a useful tool, but it's hatchet certainly a, a useful idea. weapon. I tell you what, though, I do not recommend a chainsaw, which is, I know, no, a big, they do that a big in horror movies all the time. A big, no. you know, a big myth in zombie defense. Because it's the, fun. Have you, have you ever, ever tried used to start a chainsaw? a chainsaw? Yeah, it sucks. It's a pain in the butt. <laughs> Unless yeah. you're I mean, Leatherface, you do not use a chainsaw. <laughs> chainsaws only work if you have it started before it goes down. Well, even then, like usually, like when I use a chainsaw or some kind of two-stroke engine type of thing, every time I like run it into a tree or into grass it or whatever, stops. it automatically bogs down and stops. Did you see on the on True Blood? He has that chainsaw and he's acting all Billy Bad with it, and then he just drives it into the bar and it stops and he leaves it there like Excalibur. It's like it's, <laughs> it serves no function at all. And that's a good example of like a big gung ho redneck, because that would not be the weapon of choice. Chainsaws are hard to take care of. You have to mix the oil and the gas and all that. Just you know. I tell you what might be useful if you, because you may find sporadic areas that still have power or have generators. If you can get hold of rechargeable batteries, I'd keep those, because you may get the opportunity to recharge them and reuse them. But I wouldn't carry a bag full of batteries. Another thing that bothered me about Zombieland, they they had no problem everywhere they went, full of electricity. It's like who who's running these power plants? Yeah, I mean Zombieland is a total like Zombieland, even though it takes place in the first 
100 Days and Beyond, the zombie world, it doesn't. it's not a realistic portrayal. Plus, because they can get everywhere by car. Even the fact that they can find cars, I'm dubious about. But everywhere they go, there's cars and cars lined up. Like, how are they getting anywhere by car? You know, not every... I mean, yeah, a Hummer can go off-road, but not every car they can they have can go off-road, and not every area has off-road ways of travel that that'll get you there. Well, you know, well, you could think of it this way: in that the population will be so diminished at this point that there, especially in the states, that there may be an overabundance of cars around. Just I'm sure, because there's but not there's people a around ton of But they're all going to be in the way. This is like this is something that happened in in. Uh, be the this happened traffic in jam. Um, The Walking Dead, and I believe it too. Like they, they're driving around their car because one thing they have in The Walking Dead that that's pretty freaky is they have zombie herds. Like something will, like a noise or something will start attracting all the zombies in the area, and before you know, there's like hundreds and thousands of them just wandering around in a big herd. Yeah, <laughs> that's what happens to them. They're in a car. And they're driving along, and all of a sudden, there's a big herd. Because where you go, like, all these crash cars represent dead people. Or living survivors who either became yeah, zombies. somebody or, was in that car at some yeah, point. Yeah, if right? you see a place that's essentially a mass grave, then either zombies are there or they were. Because they're going to go anywhere there's people. I mean, they're, they're eco-destroyers. Like, they will they will eat up within within hours all the available food in an area. Like they don't even they don't even eat it all up right. They just eat people till their throats are out and just leave them sitting there and go looking for more. They don't even like dead food. They they destroy everything alive in a matter of hours. So anywhere that you've seen a large grouping of people, especially if they were injured, especially if it was a big commotion, then if there is an evidence that a gigantic mass of zombies hasn't been there yet, then they're on the way. <laughs> like that's something to think about. Okay. So I I'm not a big fan of cars in the zombie scenario, and and to a lesser degree, I'm not a big fan. I know we've talked about horses, in in the post-apocalyptic. I, in the zombie apocalypse, I'd worry. Lynn, yeah, Lynn brought up the I, I point that they I might not be cooperative, but also they could become zombie horses. And that yeah. freaks me out. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the, this is one of the few situations where having a dog might not be beneficial. Like I am Legend, zombie dog. Nobody likes that. That's a bad time for everybody. Oh, that was sad too when his and it was predictable. It made me so mad. But it's still a good lesson. And, and yeah, how, that's a good point about the cars too, because like you know, I am Legend. Of course, it was New York City. I mean, there were cars everywhere. Yeah, but he drove me crazy in that movie too, because he's driving around in a Maserati, shooting a deer with an assault <laughs> rifle. It's like, come on, man! How is he? And he had power and everything. How did he? I know he's smart, but still. Well, it's if, New York City. I mean, and he decided to stay in New York City and be the only one in New York City. So, you know. But they're semi-intelligent in that movie. They're looking for him. Like, wouldn't they look for the only house with the lights still on? <laughs> he boarded up at night. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I don't, I don't buy it. <laughs> Sean I hates have, that movie. Brooks hates Zombieland. <laughs> I have a. T- no, I'm I hate Zombieland. I like Zombieland. <laughs> I'm just saying it's not a realistic. It's not useful for this discussion. Yeah. In that well, respect. I will yeah. say there are some good. There's some good lessons from Zombieland that I would learn from. Like first of all, the rules that the kid has in Zombieland, all good rules. Fasten your seatbelt. The double tap rule. Yeah. These cardio. Like the cardio. <laughs> yeah. I like that a lot. But even like Woody Harrelson, like 
I'll skip ahead to this because this is the fight to live portion is one of my rules. But the Zombieland rules of engagement are, are pretty simple. Because one of the things that he does that I really like in the movie is Woody Harrelson. He'll just pick weapons from where they are. And when a zombie comes, he will just kill the crap out of that zombie and drop the weapon. Done. <laughs> like move on to the next weapon. Yeah. Like that is a great example of trying to avoid infection. Like he doesn't pretend that anything is reusable after it's touched zombie blood. <laughs> I guess that's true. I never thought about that. You know, I loved it because you never see that in zombie movies. They're always like we were talking about that whatever that House of the Dead too, where they're just like they're shooting oh, zombies the and just the ever. blood is spraying <laughs> in their eyeballs and like oh, it's just like covering them in zombie blood. Like, well, it's like I guess it's, infection. You know, I guess even just normal human blood that would be a horrible if danger. A, if it's an immunity situation where like the only people who survive are the people who somehow are genetically immune to the but zombie that's blood. never the case. Like there's always the fear of zombie bite, and if you're afraid of the bite, then you should be afraid of the blood. Well, that was I would the, avoid, and, um, that was the it, I Am Legend scenario. That, you should avoid, yeah, in his case. Well, yeah. that's why you knew the dog was going to get it, because he says, like, she's uh, she's immune to the airborne contagion, but not bite contagion, which, how would he know? But you knew <laughs> when he made that caveat that, like, oh, well. Then well, maybe he saw a dog get bit and turned to a zombie. Yeah, but he didn't know his dog was immune. Like, if, if my dog was immune to the airborne disease i would assume he was immune to the bite even though i wouldn't take the chance i also wouldn't take my dog out places i don't let my dog outside like i don't let him run because i'm scared of the road he's taking his <laughs> dog out to hunt zombies he's an asshole anyway <laughs> like, what you oh, think was gonna happen but that's just me um, I do think that the biggest lesson you can learn from Zombieland is do not turn on amusement parks. Yeah, that's a good that one, and that's so on here. That's just, that's just begging for trouble. Avoiding <laughs> attention. this Any form of attention, that's one of them. That's a big Bright one. lights and loud noises <laughs> turning on a big a, one. Turning would, on Disneyland yeah. is probably not the way to avoid attention. <laughs> that brings yeah. the zombie horde when you restore power to an amusement park. And in Left for Dead, if you have your flashlight on, it startles the witch, which is also bad. Don't do that. In Land of the Dead, they use fireworks to distract the zombies, but I would advise against this. Because I think if you have time to put on a light show, you've got time to get the hell out of there. I would much rather do that than like start setting up pyrotechnics. You're very much a guerrilla fighter when it comes to the Well, zombie. it's a guerrilla war. The zombie war is guerrilla only. There's no actual military. Uh, do do they have flash grenades or stun grenades and things like that? I wonder if that would if work. If you could get them, I'm sure that would distract a zombie. Yeah, we, we've we're skipping ahead a little bit, but but one of the things about defending the perimeter that I was saying is like, you, <laughs> one of my friends gave me a, a door greeter that looks like a yard gnome, but all he does is say obnoxious things, and I hate <laughs> it because it's just always. But I was like, well, if I were trying to defend a perimeter, it'd be helpful to have that though because he just starts going. When something walks near him, and that would—if you were a person—that would scare the hell out of you. But if you were a zombie, that would let someone else know that a zombie was in the area, and it would distract the zombie. Also, I noticed when we were at the thrift store, they—they they had those door alarms at the thrift store where if the door opens, it just starts beeping. Yeah, that might be good. I don't like those as a rule though because they make noise, and noise can attract things from far away. Set it up like how they do it for deaf people and just have a little light blinking. See, I like that. And they have motion-activated lights where, you know, 
it would light up where if you were in a dark area, you'd see the light, but only anything in the vicinity would see it. And plus, but a light might asleep, destroy... I don't think I'd... Well, you know, if you're in a camp, you'd see you a light. you got to sleep it... in shifts, I guess. Well, that's a true, too. <laughs> and that's a good rule they could have learned in paranormal activity. There's no damn way I'd be sleeping next to someone. <laughs> I wouldn't be sleeping at all, so that's not a good example. I've, I have avoided sleep for, for dumber reasons than that. But you got to sleep sometime, though. Sleeping in shifts is probably... The sleeping in the day. Go. Who knows? Like, the, the, the demon does get them during the day in that movie, but still, I'd take my chances. I'd much rather face an invisible demon during the day. Because even if I'm just going to run out of the house crying like a little girl, I'd rather do that during the day. <laughs> so all the neighbors can see you crying like a little exactly. girl. I don't, That's care. I, was <laughs> I don't care about them. There he goes again. Look, if they're like laughing at me and and the and the demon's gone, then we all win. <laughs> then we all got a story out of it. We we jumped ahead to defending against zombies, but one of the things that in, one of my rules for just keeping moving in general, the nomad rule, is is really geared towards avoiding other humans. Because Zombieland, Zombieland covers this because in Zombieland, every time they run into those two chicks, they get <laughs> they get robbed. <laughs> every time they stop to help somebody, it goes bad. But in um, but I would say in most cases, avoiding people because people go bad really early on, and this happens in almost everything. It happened in Cell. It happened in The Walking Dead. It happens in Land of the Dead. In The Happening. Twenty eight days later. In The Mist. Any post apocalypse, post apocalypse, they go nuts. That's just That's what kind people of a, do. It's kind of a sad thing to think because I mean. This seems to me, logically, if, if you're going to take that element out, that it, you'd be a lot safer in a group. Mm, we've had this, I don't know if we had this argument before, but we've had this discussion. If you have to travel in a group, my strongest recommendation is, at the very least, it has to be a group of less than ten. Yeah, it has the to smaller, be a smaller group. Yeah. Four is probably good. Use D&D rules. Four is fun. Up to ten. You know, it's too much going on. <laughs> like, that's, that's good. When you have four people to play with, you've got a good game. When it's any more than that, you don't know what anybody's up to. That's that's a good zombie rule as much as it is for Dungeons & Dragons. I like it. I like it. So I would say four people watch each other's back. Anything more than that. I definitely think when you get into double digits, you're just going to get everybody killed. Well, I mean, you could you could have a few zebras there, you know, kind of off, you know, that they could get picked off. Yeah, you'd be dragging around someone who's going to hold up the group, get everybody in trouble, or turn you all over to the New Order weirdos that are trying to rebuild civilization in their own image. You don't want that. There's always a Brooks. Yeah. <laughs> or they get bit and don't say Brooks. I'm the one that cares about people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. If you I'm try the one that would try to save you if you're in trouble. If you try to not get anyone killed, you end up getting everyone killed. That does, that does seem to be the way. So know. the best way to do is kill yeah. everybody. Rule well, number seven, seven does not work in a zombie well, situation. Well, no, but the best is to avoid everybody because even if you have the best intentions for people, it's like like in the happening when they're just knocking on someone's door and they just shoot them all because they're scared. And in Cell, it's like that, you know. And in The Walking Dead, everybody they run into is a total weirdo. Well, I don't think you should worse. go to people that are clearly not wanting to be bothered. But I'm saying if you do run into people that need help, you should not say. No, there's no rule against that here. Although Zombieland argues against it. But I'm not saying avoid people who need help. 
I'm just saying don't add numbers to the group because you think it's going to make the group stronger. I'd say, it's not you know, in Zombieland's more of a beware of the pretty girl in that just don't let the <laughs> don't let the fact that the girl's pretty cloud your judgment. That's true. Which is a good real world, you know, everyday That's life. That's a good but, rule yeah. in almost every situation. It's It, it holds up as a metaphor. <laughs> Another thing that people don't think of that I think is absolutely true is watch out for people in uniform. Especially a uniform you might not recognize. Because anybody who's still wearing a uniform when society has crumbled, they are not to be trusted for a number of reasons. First of all, in the best case scenario, they're just trying to reestablish normalcy in a world gone wild. They're still wearing their uniform because they want to feel like there's order to the world. And people, when you mess with their sense of order, they get a little unbalanced, guys like that. So don't mess with those guys. Yeah, I would say especially policemen because they're going to still think they have authority when there is no Mm -hmm. law backing them up anymore. And they're running around with guns going, let's go, nothing to see here. (laughs) You don't want to mess with that guy because he's lost Yeah, I I think I'm really down because usually military types, you know, when something like that happens, you know, it might be a situation where like, this is what I've been waiting for my whole life. There's that, yeah, the yeehaw thing you want to avoid. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But there's also, you get two different kinds of military guys that if they look like regular army guys, they're either have been off on a mission so long that they don't realize the world is over, or they're somehow affiliated with the people that started this crap in the first place. Yeah, that's the Stephen King thing. They're always Uh, part of it. Yeah, you don't want to know. We were doing some experiments. (laughs) We didn't know. They've got that. They've got that sort of brainwashing going on, but now there's no one giving orders, and they're just weirdos with guns. And the worst thing ever, especially this is in the if you see a new uniform, like you start seeing insignia you've never heard of before, oh, then that means somebody has started their own their militia. New uni- yeah. yeah, there's a new government in town, and that's never a good thing. So don't don't get involved in any of those guys. One good thing in the in the road, just in the trailer. The road is like Cormac McCarthy wrote a post-apocalypse book. So God, this must be the most bleak I, thing I in the universe. I don't even care to watch it. This must be the most depressing thing anyone's ever heard. Horrific. He like. writes a story about horses, and it makes you want to kill yourself. <laughs> you know, he's writing about the end of the world. It's like holy God. But in that, one of the things that looks like that's kind of fun is anytime you see people at all hide. Like that's that's the lesson just from the trailer. It's like I mean he like he sees people coming and he just hides under a log with a gun. Like if someone finds me on this log machine, like that's how bad things have gotten. And that is a good attitude. Well, I think that it's, also goes it's back very, to what we're saying. Talk about bleak. I think it's very sad just to assume that people are going to be a problem. Well, people will be a problem. But I mean, that's, not all of them. You know why? But like, it's why just a good idea to go if, in. If, you don't want to rebuild society. You don't want to be around people. It doesn't seem like much of a, of a life. Well, the hope is that you're going to reach a point where things normalize. I'm not saying that that people won't become people again or that there won't be society anymore, but the, the purpose in the first 100 days should not be to be a reestablished society because anyone trying to do that is going to be a wacko. And they're usually going to be the guys with the most guns. You don't want to be affiliated with those guys. Just go to the places where there aren't people. Then you start doing your own thing, and hopefully you'll get your own little commune going, and the crazies won't find you. And after a couple of generations, you'll have a patch of earth that's normal again. But in the first hundred days, (laughs) if you're thinking about reestablishing order, you're out of your mind. you just got to get clear of the craziness. 
And if you can help as many people along the way or take as many people with you that need rescuing, fine. Nobody's saying don't do that. But, you know, if you see someone coming and they've got a gun, assume it's a bad guy. You don't have to shoot him, just avoid him. But that's like, you know, you always see where people are looting stuff. Any place that looks abandoned probably isn't because people are going to want to hole up somewhere and they're going to want to shoot anything in the face that walks through the door. Yeah. And even if they don't think you're a zombie, they're going to want to defend their patch of crap. Target which means, you know, <laughs> or they need moving yeah, target practice. If, you, if you're not part of a settlement, you should definitely approach them with, con- with caution. Yeah, and I don't think trying to establish a settlement is a good idea right away. You really That's why I say like moving north is a good thing. Move to where it's always cold. If you get to a place where you haven't seen a zombie in ages, then maybe you can think about setting up sticks somewhere. But otherwise, I wouldn't, you know, why would, uh, consider yourself on the run. This is good fugitive rules. Don't go into stores looking to, to loot food because someone has probably made a home out of that place and that's all their food now. At some point, you'll be able to start establishing some form of trade with people, but that's a real dicey proposition too. That was creepy. I would avoid churches. I would not go to churches because people go to churches for guidance. We saw that in the stand, and they all die there, or they all get zombified there, or they just start their own weirdo cult there. That's <laughs> all three bad. You yeah, don't want any of that. It's not a good place to defend. A lot of stained glass yeah, windows. There's, there's no value to a church. Hospitals are full Dead of bodies. sick and dying people yeah. in, on, on a good day. <laughs> Plus, it's the first place they're going to send all the infected when the infection first starts. So there's no good to come from going there. Except medicine, I guess, which you will need. Hit the pharmacies. I'd try to think, yeah, I would much rather try to knock over a pharmacy, but any of that's going to be difficult. Because everyone, there's not a good place where you can find medicine that everyone's not going to have thought of. Uh, Let's see, any kind of disaster shelter I wouldn't go. Anywhere they're going to start crowding people into when things go bad (laughs) is not good. Prison's about the worst place you could go. There are three really good reasons I can think of for not going to a prison, and they do it in The Walking Dead. And they yeah, Walking Dead do it, but jeez, yeah. It goes Why would you wrong. go to a prison? Well, they think in there the prisons they they figure if we can clean out the zombies, then we have a really fortifiable place. I guess that's was true. A lot of large doors and screwed them over. It's the other guys. It's the other humans. They go, they explore too far in another direction, and they find this feudal state run by this wacko, and then he wants the prison. And he deduces that they must be close by, and then they siege, lay siege to the prison, and they kill everybody. So it doesn't work out well. Because here's what you got going for you. All right, the gen pop in a prison is trapped. So when zombies go there, they just make a feast out of everybody and make zombies out of the people they don't kill. Man, talk about a so scary got place a, to be when that happens, got like a, in a jail yeah, really. you're stuck. You've got a trapped population of zombies waiting for some idiot to let them loose. That's bad. Or if they haven't been turned, then the zombies ate everybody, which means there's just hordes of zombies wandering around free already because this is where a bunch of food was. Or third, the prisoners actually manage to fight off the zombies with their bare hands, and that makes them the most dangerous people on the planet. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to mess with those guys. And they already have a chip on their shoulder, so they're, yeah, they're, they're not going to help you out. No way. They're like, where were That's you? Where were you when I was getting shanked in the, in the shower? 
<laughs> Buy a zombie. Didn't help me out much. Yeah. So, and you know, those are the kind of guys that are probably going to have a zombie trapped in some kind of gladiatorial <laughs> yeah. somewhere. Yeah, that'll be me. Because <laughs> everybody always does that anyway. So you know, the prisoners are going to see. Be I into act that. like I'm all nice, but in reality, I'd be doing all that stuff. I'd be I'd be capturing <laughs> civilians and throwing them in the zombie pit to see how long they live. I turn into the well, feudal warlord. Either way, you're overthinking things. I think either way, just avoid the whole the whole scene, man. That's his whole so plot. Like That's why like he wants to get the whole society started. He'd, he'd be the one running the you know the, exactly. the evil. going to have the new insignia. <laughs> the TVAMD government. He's the Tina Turner of the zombie land. make everybody like <laughs> face, paint their face. Thunderdome, raggedy man. <laughs> Aren't we a pair? We're weird. He's wearing the same dress and everything. Creepy. That's great. Big hair. Not a good scene, man. Not a good scene at all. Well, at least then you know you're living for something. You got something to, you know, to aim for. You're not just wandering around like a cattle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you still gotta make a thing for the episode of him oh, with yeah, the big I hair. Oh, shot the hell out of you! Oh, oh man. Oh, I would also funny. say, although they've done this in various forms in movies and in other things, I would say posing as a zombie is very problematic. <laughs> yeah, I, yes. I just don't see how that would. But the, you know, I don't see how do zombies in Zon- smell? Well, zombies wouldn't buy it at all because they smell. I you. don't think so. See, in Zon- Shaun of the Dead, they just act like zombies. In Zombieland, he he actually has makeup and stuff and dresses, but that ends up getting him, you know. Oh, seen that, that doesn't end well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Zombie pranks also a really lame idea. <laughs> don't sneak up to but anybody how, how in the zombie you know, A lot of these things just depend on how you define a zombie. But how would you? How do zombies know what's going on? Like, do zombies yeah, you don't smell know people? They do they know, know the difference between a person or another zombie? Or is it just the behavior? I assume that there must be something more than just the way you're walking that makes them think you're a zombie or not. Well, yeah, I would think like well, a zombie would smell you. I mean, in that's the why Walking I like, Dead, like they have like the best way of doing it. They, in The Walking Dead, they want to get past a bunch of zombies and they actually start rubbing yeah, the like blood dead stuff people all them. on them. They do that in another and, movie I've seen. Um, God, I can't think of what it is. It, yeah, so they're they're in like this high school, and he does that to get. I can't remember what it is. Never mind. But yeah, I've seen that in a movie where he covers himself in zombie well, blood to try to get through them. I think that makes the most sense, but it's pretty and gross. wouldn't that infect and you? It certainly increases the <laughs> yeah. risk of infection. Exactly. <laughs> like maybe those aren't dead. zombified people, but yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of reasons, and it might not work, and wouldn't you feel like an ass? <laughs> Oops. It'd probably take weeks to get that stink off. Yeah, really. Well, you'll be developing a different stink once you're discovered by the zombies. It won't matter. You're going to blend right in after the first bite. And I bet a lot of the zombies probably have relieved themselves. You know, don't you naturally do that when you die anyway? And not, and a lot of them, I guess, when oh, they're attacked. <laughs> you know, when they're attacked, that's going to happen because they're scared to death. So if they're attacked, it happens. They turn into a zombie right after that. So there's a lot of soiled pants walking around out there. Yeah, that's another thing we didn't think of. A lot of dirty diapers. I love, I love in Zombieland, they're There's saying the best thing about living in Zombieland, and Woody Harrelson's like, no more flushing. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't the first.
first thing I was gonna say. <laughs> well, I think that I've got a lot more on my list. I think, but we, but I think we're running out of time for this one episode. So, so we will definitely continue this conversation, and you will hear it next week. My name is Brooks. I'm Sean. I'm Greg. And I'm Mud. <laughs> we'll see you next week. This has been TV8 by Dinner. Don't forget to visit our forum at www.forum.tv8mydinner.com. Dollar Freezer. Dollar <laughs> Freezer.